Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and retracts every muscle in your arm for every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarena. I'm Alicia there, sorry. <laughs> and I'm Al Rodriguez. And today we are talking about Agent Carter, Season 1, Episode 3, Time and Tide. And as <clears throat> always, here is our brief summary to follow. As Agent Carter closes in on Howard Stark's stolen technology, Peggy's secret mission could unravel when the SSR arrests Jarvis and a secret is revealed. Bum, bum, bum! Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Just a heads up, every time I do an intro, I'm going to think of a new thing. Oh, so, alright. I wanted to be our Simpsons couch gag. Uh, that, that totally <laughs> caught me off guard. I was like, wait, what? And like, it didn't even hit me immediately that you had said that. I was like, wait, that wasn't the right words. And then I went, oh, oh, I get it! <laughs> Uh, sometimes a little slow in the uptake, so there's that. So we start this episode off with uh, seeing Peggy in her new apartment at the Griffith, which I don't know if we saw it before or we just saw her in the building talking to the person, but we see her in her apartment this time. And uh, we also see somebody uh, crawling up the outside. Yes, uh, the guy I like to call Spartan Man Moore. Uh, like in the 40s uh, comics, they have Spider-Man in here, and this guy's obviously Spider-Man. He's mm-hmm. climbing up the wall. Nobody's noticing, which mm-hmm. is weird, because someone climbed up the wall in the building in the middle of New York City. Right. But I just gotta say, his girlfriend better be worth it, because he's going to die. <laughs> he could potentially die, yeah. That, that's, uh, that, that, that's some dangerous scaling there, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, and it, I mean, considering he almost fell, at least it, it kind of looks like just just right. getting up there. I I tried to count. I don't know how many floors up they were, but they were. I think you know, three because her room number is like three E or something. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, as I learned from Batman, that fall won't kill you, but it would probably break your ankles. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, and then is it? Right after that, we see what happens to the woman whose boyfriend it is. Yeah, I believe that's uh, the next right morning, that. right? The next scene? Yeah, the next morning. Yeah, so we see the Peggy kind of making jokes about, or not really a joke, but a comment about somebody was up late last night. Uh, and then we see that that same girl gets kicked out of the building because she had a boy up on above the first floor. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, uh, Psycho Crazy Pants Lady, I forget her name, but she's the, um, what is the, the manager, if not the owner? Yeah, I don't know uh, her name is, oh god, with what an is M. Miriam. Melanie? Oh, Miriam. Okay. Miriam. Yeah, Miriam is a, not joking around when she has these rules. No, she needs to keep... no, she is not. Holy cow. Yeah, she's a little bit like one of those holier-than-thou people keep these women pure because they can't look after themselves crazy face right so which i think we I've... get later on she like goes into this whole tirade well yeah i mean she goes in here right when she announces that uh the girl's kicked out right yeah Just, wow but from there we go straight into the ssr where we have uh oh god i can never remember their names it's Krim- is it Kraminsky and the oh god, what's the god, I'm never gonna chief, remember. Was it the chief? Yeah, yeah the chief and and, Dooley, right? and Dooley, Dooley's and Dooley's the Thompson, chief and Kraminsky. Uh, Thompson, and, and Thompson is Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, 
Yeah, because yeah, all three of them end up in the room. Mm-hmm. So... Is this at the SSR, or is this at Brannis' apartment? I'm pretty sure they're at the SSR. Because they have the same... They have the reveal for... Oh, maybe it's at Brannis' apartment. I don't remember. I thought they were uh, if the this SSR is the part when that. we find the passports, that's the apartment. Oh, is it? Okay, then go ahead for that, because yeah. I totally thought they were at the SSR. Uh, um, just a little Easter eggs for me being a big movie fan. He calls uh, Brandis a movie buff. It's because all three of his passports are um, the first name and last name of like different uh, directors. Oh. We've got Alfred Lean, who is Alfred Hitchcock, and uh, David Lean. David Lean directed Lawrence of Arabia and Bridge on the River Kwai. We've got Orson Hawks. Um, it is a combination of Orson Welles, who did um, a lot of movies, but most famous for Citizen Kane, and uh, Howard Hawks, who was um, who did the original 1932 Scarface and the movie His Girl Friday, which Tony names his after Jarvis computer system after her. That's why she's called Friday. Oh. And then um, Federico Rossellini, who's an Italian, both are Italian directors, who uh, Federico Fellini and Robert Rossellini. Um, directed things I don't know because I don't watch Italian movies. I'm not cultured like that. <laughs> but yeah, there are six famous directors, so he could have probably chosen less well-known names. But obviously, he didn't get caught because of his passports. Right. Some of those are also pretty generic names too, right? Like there's, you're, you're not going to immediately put those two together. I don't think. No, not unless um, they they hadn't made the movie buff comment. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Dooley knew right away. That they were all movie things. If he if he switched like Alfred Hitchcock's and went like um, Hitchcock as the last name, that might be a little more obvious. <laughs> Lean is not as obvious a director, at least nowadays. I don't hmm. know in the forties. Hmm. But yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't remember that. Uh, you know, oh, that was the forties, so you know they had considerably less directors then <laughs> than uh, we've got now. Well, yeah. I mean, the directors we know now, will we know John Favreau or Joss Whedon 70 years in the future? I have no idea. But the only ones I knew off the top of my head without looking them up were Hitchcock and Wells. Like, the other ones I've heard of their movies, but I didn't know who directed them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> with these things. Okay, that question for my husband. So, but after that, they're in the SSR. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, which is where we get the reveal that they find out that the license plate they found in the previous episode belongs to a car owned by Howard Stark. <gasps> ba -ba -bum! Which therefore leads them to uh, Howard Stark's, I guess, normal abode where Jarvis is normally at, because uh, they Peggy has to hide as they come knocking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's probably his primary residence, I'm right. guessing. Yeah, I would guess so. But they, he basically, like, lets himself get arrested to make sure that Peggy remains hidden. Yeah. And she was originally there, I think, because she was trying to find more about the, uh, the, how the safe got broken into, right? Mm-hmm. And which is weird. I mean, I was going to say this later when we got to the safe, but how is that the, not the first thing she looked into? Right? <laughs> yeah, I had the same thought. I mean, she doesn't seem, Peggy doesn't seem to be a great investigator agent. 
she may be good at fighting and strategy, but when coming to investigations, she doesn't think things through. I don't no. Think. Yeah, I don't think so yeah. either. Yeah, well, I mean, she definitely comes from more, at least it seems like she kind of comes more from, like, the spy world, at least, right? You know, where mm-hmm. she spent so much time in the war, and then, so all of that kind of training was probably a bit more important to her. And so the, uh, you know, detective-y type of stuff, yeah, that uh, just kind of fell by the wayside. Makes sense. All right, well, um, he basically hides her and gets arrested, and we get to see him taken down to uh, the SSR, where she appears in to basically watch the interrogation that's going on. And we find out that Jarvis has committed a treason at some point, or has at least been charged with it. And they don't, yeah. they don't give us what it is immediately, which is a little weird, but... Oh, yeah, I mean, Jarvis, who seems like the most unassuming person, is immediately suspicious. Which right, is... and you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about suspicion, and talking about bad agents, I guess, uh-huh. um, I, I should have thought about this last week when we started talking about Agent Carter, but how is Peggy not on a watch list? Because she worked very closely with um, Howard Stark. Right. And it's not suspicious that she's in the room and all this these coincidences happen. Yeah, it it's a little strange, and especially when she uh, kidnaps the report accidentally about the right. the stolen car. I was like, dude, how are you guys like not letting like super watchful of her at this point? Like, I'm I'm so surprised with that. But she uses that to get basically give Jarvis a way out, and then she gets dressed down like hard. Yeah, I mean, it might come from the sexism of the time, where they don't think she's malicious, they just think she's stupid, which is worse, but better, because it helps her in her investigation. Right. Which is silly, because if I knew what she'd done in the past, I would not underestimate her, but... Yeah, she punched Hodge, I remember that. Right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She shot at Captain America. Right? <laughs> if he didn't have a shield, she would have hit him a few times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember those scuff marks on that shield. She would have. She probably would have murdered him, let's face it. Go, go, going back to that, you got to think, <laughs> Howard says that's a prototype shield. You don't know if proto, the prototype's really made out of vibranium. It could just right? be like... <laughs> just like she was just it. she kills she kills Steve Rogers. <laughs> she was just pissed enough to be like, nope, I'm, I'm done. I'm done now, thanks. So. Let's just go back and talk about that movie. Do we really have to talk about this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I promise this should be pretty quick. But uh, <laughs> from there, uh, we see her, Jarvis basically gets out, and we see Peggy collecting her stuff and showing back up at the same house where Jarvis got arrested. Yes, to... not under any surveillance. Right, not <laughs> under any surveillance, which impresses me. Uh, to basically go down the hole that was where, I guess, where Stark's safe was. Because that hole goes all the way down. <laughs> yeah, that another thing that was not investigated by either um, Peggy or the in any SSR files that right? she might have looked into. I'm like, um, do, do, you guys, do, do you guys know how this works? No? No. Yeah. Did we talk about did we talk about uh Leet Brannis uh dying in the war? Oh no, we did not. Yeah, we find out that um yeah, the person we know as Leet Brannis was recorded as dying in the war in the Battle of Fanau. Fano? 
Fino? Finnell? F-I-N-O-W. Yeah, Finnell. Okay, Finnell. Yeah, um... I looked into the battle for now, mm-hmm. which didn't really happen. Uh, there was a battle that happened between Germany and um, and Russia called the Battle of Silo Heights, which happened in the city of Finau. Mm-hmm. But it happened way after they talked about this, because I think this happened in, like, 42. And uh, the real battle happened. It was one of the last battles before the, the Battle of Berlin in 1945. So, shockingly, this is this part is not based in fact, unlike the rest of the MCU. <laughs> they just tweaked a little things, but it's okay. I just want to talk about that. All right, we can go back to Howard's safe. Howard's safe. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, Howard's Howard's safe. unsafe. They uh, they basically do a. I'm not even sure. It's a harness, like a rope harness, to go down, and. Mm. Uh, the um Jarvis seems to know what he's doing. Yes, yeah, not for Simon, as he says. Right? So that that was a uh, mildly amusing and yet slightly scary. Not gonna lie. Oh yeah. But um well I mean we find out just like like a minute or two later that he was in the army. So mm-hmm. he probably had to do this stuff before, you know, right. going to sewers and whatnot. The army fights ninja turtles, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That fits. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, was it? Uh, so I'm. I'm trying to remember. I think it was just this episode. I mean, earlier in his interrogation, where we find out he was in the military. But mm-hmm. w- was it this episode, or did we learn that any time before this episode that he was uh, in the military at some point? I don't remember them ever mentioning it. Um. Yeah, I don't recall them mentioning it before this either. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a guy who would, you would assume was in the military, but again, at this time in the world history, everyone had been in the military at some point or the other. Also true. Every man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Huh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because there was a war that went on, so I think most people got drafted for it, didn't they? Yeah, and then the the war sequel happened like 30 years later. Alright. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was called Wonder Woman 2. Well, from there, we've learned that there was a storm that night, which allowed, mm-hmm. uh, which Peggy thinks allowed Brannis, right? Brannis? Yeah, Leet uh, Brannis. Leet Brannis to uh, basically use a raft to get to Car- uh, to get to Howard's stuff. And uh, I'm just saying this now, the amount of stuff they find later, there's no way that fits in a raft. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, well, they didn't say. Oh, uh, they may have said it, but it could have been more than one boat. They have no. No, I agree. But, the... but it's just like um, but uh, mm, eh, eh, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, that doesn't fit in one raft. So, but from there, she they walked basically. They follow the sewer line or the drainage line. I'm not even sure what it is. Out to um. Where the ocean is, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the docks. Yeah. yeah, the docks. And she looks like straight across with some binoculars and finds the exact boat they're going to be looking for, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. Not going to lie. I don't find that too ridiculous because um, Leet gave him the symbol. 
Like, True. so they knew, and they had no reason to leave it because Brannis died, like, probably what the same morning because it was early morning when Brannis was killed. Mm, and I they think it's their the secret. next night, okay. But, um, either way, they think Lannis, uh, Brannis is dead, they yes. don't move the boat for any reason. True, so I don't think it's that ridiculous that they'd find it there, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that's just like. Eh. <laughs> Although we were kind of talking about, you know, how they just now—I mean, we're three episodes into the show, or you know, to them, it's been—I don't know—a couple of days, maybe even a week. Um, we're we're this far into this whole investigation, and they just now are looking into this. It's a good thing that this was done later because now they know about that symbol for the boat. If they had actually done that, being the first thing they did, they would have just seen, oh, maybe it's on one of these boats. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's gone. Yeah. They'd have to search every boat, and by the time they got to the Heartbreaker, mm-hmm. then they're screwed because it sailed away to Russia. <laughs> would make sense to me. Harder to track. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, what, am I, what do I know? So, um, <laughs> But they basically go and find the boat and find all the stuff. Yeah. All of it, one one big pot, show's right. over, they won. Right. At least that's what Peggy thinks. That's what Peggy thinks, so she's going to call it in, and then Jarvis stops her. And he's like, well, what about this, and what about this, and what about this? And then he basically fake interviews her, which I was like, well, wow, Jarvis, you are really going at that. But it drives it, home the point. It makes complete sense. I mean, oh, yeah. there's no reason why... This would clear Howard's name, and there's no reason why Jarvis and Peggy wouldn't get arrested for working with Howard. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's... I don't know what she's thinking. I mean, she explains it, but it's not a real thought. It's, oh, we won, we saved the day. It's, I guess maybe because it's a TV show, it's not as simple as a movie, because they got to make it go longer. And she right. just doesn't realize that. She, she got demoted from a movie. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That's true. I mean, this is, I mean, you know, third episode, so that's roughly, you know, those three episodes are pretty much the time of a movie. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. This yeah. would be the closing time, or the ending, wrapping everything yep, up. Yep, she, she thinks she won. And remember last time she broke the rules? She flew Captain America over um, enemy lines so he can save all those people. He came yep. back, and everyone was happy, and everything was fine. So that's what she thinks is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not what happens, and she sends Jarvis off instead to make a phone call with the warning that they know your voice now. With with the bet, and he leaves it with the best U.S. accent in any MCU movie. <laughs> he was pretty ridiculous. Hey, you guys! Say, hey, you guys! I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, as someone who's been complaining about uh, Doctor Strange's American accent and some other American accents in the MCU. This is this is how everyone should speak. Anyone who's British who's pretending to be American should speak like Edwin Jarvis in this moment. Um, yeah, but before he goes out there, they open the, car- the crate, and I think, well, we don't know what it is yet, but it glowed green. Right. Which makes me think, does all of Stark's weapons just glow different colors? I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> yeah, because he had the Tesseract stuff. Originally, which, when he was testing it out, which was blue, blue, and then the nitramine was orange, and now this is growing green. You think it'd be easier to find his weapons because you just have to turn off all the lights and see what glows. 
I mean, I guess if you can make it glow, why not? Why not? Yeah. Because <laughs> what if you're on a covert mission? <laughs> Glowing. You see it. It's a distraction. Have you ever watched something glow in the distance? You're like, what is that? And but then you're distracted. You're, you're arrested for espionage. That's right. That's how that's how spy stuff goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But from there we get a they call he calls in and then we get the police showing up or the SSR showing up. And we get um what's the phone company's entrance, Tony? Oh, well, before that, we skipped right over her fight and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, they use uh, no. We've got, we've got the big guard guy comes in and tries to take out Peggy, who mm-hmm. we find out later that the guy's name is Jerome Zandow, who is another Captain America villain who showed up in one issue in 1941 of Captain America Comics number five. Mm. Yeah, and um. As I alluded to in the opening of this program, they used the green glowy thing, which was like a back massager. A terrible, horrible, <laughs> don't even want to know how he found out how that worked, back massager. Uh, that clenched up all of um, Zandau's muscles and like broke his arm pretty much because his muscles were tightened so much. Right. Which, which is just a weird thing to do, but kind of awesome. Oh yeah, I mean it works. It was cool and terrifying because I just want to see the first person that Howard tested with that back massager on their oh, back. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> Hammer's uh, first Iron Man suit. Oh, oh god, yeah. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Oh, so uh. so Stark said that all of these things are like weapons that he designed. Like they're specifically weapons. Did did he? originally design it as a weapon and then it just was too strong (laughs) i think he designed it and then he threw in a safe because like well that's dangerous (laughs) let's put it next to the stuff that blows up (laughs) so so he couldn't make it less powerful to actually be a back massager is is basically what happened there he's like oh nope too too much is he is he kind of like um oh what's his name uh tim taylor from home improvement. Oh my god. More power. He just has growling or whatever Tim Taylor used to do. Yeah, whatever <laughs> that was. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. I thought about doing it. Not gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> um No, now he probably has a nice back massager that glows a little bit of green, but like this one was a prototype that he couldn't destroy because Howard is a hoarder? I mean, all these weapons, like, he's never going to use them. He doesn't want anyone to have them, but he still kept them in the safe in his house. I don't understand that logic. Mm-hmm. I am with you. Just, cool. in <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. We need, we need a plot for a TV show. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Anyway. Uh, oh I yeah, think one more thing. Order. I think that's what this is. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, like the a- agent uh, Carter's crew, or agent the agent of Shield crew, they leave Zando there because there's no time to pick up any witnesses. Right, which yeah. almost doesn't work in her favor, and then does because of what happens. Yeah, like she almost gets caught because of him, and then, and then, well, 
the professional I mean, hit. That's what they call it. Yep. The, the death of Kaminsky. Oh, Kaminsky, my... F- no, no one's favorite character. I was like, dude, I didn't even like him. Like, when they were, like, being all sad over his death, and I was like, dude, he was sleeping around. He had a girlfriend and a wife, and he was an asshole. No. I was like, I'm not uh, even upset about this. I'm glad he's from, dead. Yeah, to that point, from a storytelling perspective, it's weird that they killed him off. Right. Because you didn't... As a viewer, we weren't supposed to like him. Yeah, we so what's, weren't uh... supposed to like him, had no emotional attachment to him. It just... Yeah. No. Yeah, you should have given, like, Sousa a quirky sidekick and then kill that person. And then everyone should care. Mm-hmm. Or some, some character that doesn't mean anything. Like, um, Peggy's waitress friend. So far, she has nothing Angie? to do with the story. Yeah. She has nothing to do with the story other than getting her to the hotel. She's... In- She's endearing, but kind of annoying. But if she died, I'd be sad. They should have had a character like this guy. Yeah, I, they should have had a character like that in the SSR and killed them off. Then we'd actually care about this person dying. <laughs> That's true. But so far, like as far as characters attached to Peggy, this is what the third episode and the second person. I mean, the the first person was her roommate who died very right. early on in the season premiere. Yeah. Series and who premiere. was nice. I felt yeah. sorry that she died. Right? Yeah. yeah, I was sad about that. I was like, oh. This guy, I'm just like, but, eh. That's true. But because of this, like, now my thoughts are like, oh, wait. Anyone can die. Even, like, mm-hmm. any character. So now when... It, except you know, for so, Peggy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> Other than her, who we we know we, we is going to live die. until... Right. Yep. Yeah, which we is why lives. I have a problem with prequels. But, yep. <clears throat> You and my husband both. Oh, I hate them. I know exactly how they He's like, I know how they go. I was like, that's not the point. It's the journey. It's not you know that they end up surviving. That's not a thing. I, Alicia, I would like to defend you because I think prequels can be good. I can't think of one. (laughs) That's the problem. No. Wow. I take it back. I was like, I take it back. I'm going to have to think of one now. Um, the Planet of the Apes, the reboot trilogy, was a prequel, and that was pretty good. The Rise of the Planet of the Apes, um, War, and Dawn. Oh, they are so good. Um, but it doesn't have any of the same characters, so I guess that's why. We don't know what happens to these guys. It's not like Caesar shows up in, uh, the original Planet of the Apes. That we know Because it takes place, like, it, no, well, it takes place, um, like hundreds or thousands of years before Planet of the Apes, like how it became Planet of the Apes, mm. the prequels. So, see, I'm trying to but think like, of something that has a prequel that I know. <laughs> I mean, like, the closest I'm... one I can think of that I did enjoy would be Rogue One. Like Ooh, that's yeah, like kind Rogue of pre- like, like that was good. That was one of my favorites of the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even that one, I know exactly how it ends. Yeah, but you're interested in it because you don't know what happens to those characters. That is true. The first time you're watching it. That's true. I mean, well, according to my husband, to... you did. Well, hmm? yeah, but your husband's not surprised by anything, and he likes showing off. That no, he, he's like, he's stuff. like, you know, they all die because of the beginning of the the what the technically the third movie or fourth movie in the series. He's they like, yeah, we already, don't. yeah, apparently they do. No, they don't. They don't. 
No, <laughs> I know Star so... Wars really well. If they don't, <laughs> according no, to him, so... there's something that goes on. It's like me. No, that was a that was a common mistake. Um, so what he's a lot of people referenced Episode Six because uh, in Return yeah, of the Jedi, when they first Jedi. find out. Um, it was what uh, many Bothans died to retrieve these plans. So that was mm-hmm. for the second Death Star. This was for the first one. So yeah, it, they we just, actually don't know. The only reference to it to, in Episode Four is saying like, uh, "Secret spies got the plans away from the Empire" or something like that during the opening crawl. They don't talk at all about how they got the plans or what happened to the people who got the plans or even mention a battle. So we don't know. Like for all we know. Before we saw Rogue One, we could have thought Jin survived and fought in on Yavin or fought later. We have no idea what happened to her. That she's just not mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, that's the reason why most prequels don't work. We know in the Hobbit that Bilbo survives. We knew that Anakin turns Darth Vader and well, Obi Wan. To be fair, the Hobbit came out technically before the Lord of the Rings movie. The remake oh, yeah, came but... out after, but. Well, the the books the book came out first. That's true. The book no, there I, was I an animated movie. Uh, well, yeah, but the, they also remade. They had the whole animated Lord of the Rings trilogy, the in two movies. It wasn't connected. I, don't, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ring and Bath. They made three movies. They made The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, which did the first half of Lord of the Rings. And then the Return of the King movie was the second half of Lord of the Rings. So he only mm. made two. But the animated, it wasn't, I can say, like, Peter Jackson's live action ones, those are all connected. And most people didn't see the Rankin-Bass, everyone singing Hobbity movie. I which I did. I did when I was a kid. And it was creepy. It was very <laughs> Gollum, creepy. Gollum's a lot creepier than that. Um. Yeah, but, like... I think we can agree, if you saw them, the Hobbit movies that Peter Jackson did did not work as well as Lord of the Rings. It's because we knew what happened to the main characters. I enjoyed them thoroughly. I cannot get through the whole second one. I've seen it. I saw it in theaters, and I've seen the extended edition once, and I own all of them. But I can't sit down and get through the second Hobbit movie because of the freaking gold mine scene. It annoys the hell out of me. I can't do it. <laughs> And I love smog. Anyway, <laughs> smog doesn't really show up until I mean he's at the end he, of the second he, movie, but it... he's most he's the second half of the second movie because he dies in the first scene of the third movie. So almost oh, everything was. Oh, sorry, I, I Al. <laughs> It's okay. I, you I don't care. The, bu- the book even... the book came out in 1937. The movie <laughs> came out in 2000, like something, 14 or 15. Um, your your past your <laughs> your save by date. <laughs> That's fair. All right. All right. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> uh, prequel complaining aside, um, because of Agent Christmas Key uh, dying, like here, this is kind of. Uh, kind of that moment where I'm thinking, you know, other than Carter, just about anyone at any point can die. And they've mm-hmm. also kind of shown Howard that... Howard Star can't die. Okay, all right, fine. No. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not Jarvis. All right, so we've got three. At... Okay, he anyway. could die. We don't know what happens to him. <laughs> we know he's around for Tony. 
Yeah, he's, he's got to be around for that, at least. But Unless Stark hires another butler named Jarvis. Or just it. another butler and names him Jarvis. So we get Kerminsky gets hit by the car from behind as he has to stop for uh, for the train, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the train. And that's when he gets out and is yelling at the guy. Which, if you have... If you got told to be aware of things, why would you not get out and be cautious instead of being like, I'm an asshole, I'm going to yell at shit, but that was his personality. Yeah, that's just Kaminsky. I was like, I have reasons I didn't like him. And then he gets shot. And I was like, oh, ha ha. And then they shoot the other guy, which I totally saw coming. I was like, yeah, he's not going to make it. Sorry, dude. Don't care, but sorry. So... And unfortunately, uh, Peggy doesn't find out till the next morning when she goes into work. Yeah, she goes into her the phone company entrance, which I've got. I I realized something that again we should have realized the first episode. Uh-huh. Looking at the um the phone company entrance, what kind of people work at that phone company? It's all women, right? <laughs> Did, uh, well, right there, right there, and when yeah, we see right them going, in- yeah. Yeah. So we're we're supposed to think that it's a majority women going who mm-hmm. work there. Did they make that entrance to the SSR specifically for Peggy? Because it would That's be suspicious if a lot of men use that entrance. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I'm just confused by it. Do you, like what do you guys think about that? <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't think about that before. Yeah, so I'm not sure either. Although, um, I mean, if they're trying to, you know, keep things still kind of spy-like or whatever um, and try to hide it, I would imagine that they they still have their own other set of support staff, right? We only actually see the, um, you know, the agents. And I guess in the next episode, we see some scientists. But there's got to be other people doing stuff too, right? Like there's there's spy janitors and then spy... Etc. I would imagine there are these spy secretaries, even I've, though everyone treats Carter like one. I was about to say, I so, figure it was just all Peggy all the time. <laughs> possible. And then but, these, I mean, these are men in the 40s. They don't care if things are messy. So they don't care if it's not clean. <laughs> also true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, okay, it, it looks like in that scene, all of the, the women, the... the phone operator ladies whatever their their title is called um they all seem to know because they're all sad right Mm -hmm. so it seems like all of them know that this is an ssr entrance so they're all probably ssr too um so maybe every so often they have to go in and they have to do something in the secret entrance to to get through so so maybe it was just already there and peggy is probably the only one that uses that one sure but maybe maybe they do Okay, so you're saying this is the 1940s version of the NSA, just listening to every phone call? Pretty much, probably, yeah, okay. something along those lines. Makes sense. From there, we get to see her go back to the diner to find Angie, who she had kind of sort of blown off earlier in the episode, and basically opens up to her, and mm-hmm. she gets to form another relationship with somebody. Aww. Yeah. She talks about the death in the workplace, which at the phone company? Oh god, what lie did she say for that? But right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, and I think 
Oh, she's making new connections. Oh, all right. End of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was just, it was just cute, and I was like, oh, see, she just, she can make friends. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is another thing. It's her character arc in this uh, season, at least, is moving beyond Steve. Moving, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, because she's probably been she's been grieving for him for at least a year because it's this is nineteen forty six. He died mm -hmm. two years. He died in forty four. But yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. That's it. Anything else for you guys? No, I'm good. Yeah, same here. Um, so feel free to listen next week where we'll talk about Agent Carter Season 1, Episode 4, The Blitzkrieg Button. And as always, please remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind. And please give us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, assuming you like this. Otherwise, we have the dangerous uh, massager thing that'll break your arm. <laughs> we, will, yeah. we will massage your back. To death! We will ah! To death! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Agent Carter Season 1, Episode 3, Time and Tide, signing off. Have a marvelous day. There's a somebody I'm longing to see I hope that he turns out to be someone